Hello and welcome to episode 364 of the Pen Attic Podcast, your weekly take on all things pen, paper, pencil, stationery, ink, erasers, envelopes maybe, some letter writing. I don't know. I'm Brad. I don't normally do this. It's usually my partner, Mike Hurley, but he's not here this week. Um, We'll call it on assignment and joining me, filling in, thankfully for Mike, who just had to vanish into the ether is another Mike, Mr. Mike Madison from Ink Dependence. How's it going, Mike? Hey, Brad. I am doing awesome this morning. Good, good. I really appreciate you filling in. We, I put you through a fire drill in the past, uh, I don't know, 24 hours or so to see if we could get this done. Um, and I really appreciate it. So thanks for filling in for the other Mike today. Yes, yeah, no problem at all, Brad. You know, I feel kind of guilty that your name is Mike, and I have to refer to y'all as like the other Mike or that one Mike. So I I apologize for that. It's like you're your own Mike. You're your own person, and you should be appreciated for that. So growing up, Mike was one of the most common names around. <laughs> I almost never have a student named Michael, uh, but growing up, there were always four or five Mikes in my class, and so it's I'm totally used to it. So is every other Mike. <laughs> yep, yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. So what we're going to do today, as opposed to like uh, necessarily having you on for an interview, I'm definitely going to pick your brain as we go throughout this show. But I just want to talk about stuff a lot. You know, Mike and I. Um, traditionally just talk about the regular things that we have going on and new products and launches and things like that. But I want to get into a little bit of things you're using and we'll talk about other things. I know you're known for uh, bags and backpacks and we both kind of share that fondness of things. So we're going to dig into a ton of different topics today. Um, And first, I wanted to know what you're writing with. What are you using recently? What are you enjoying? Uh, Like right now, I'm using this... this, uh, machine era field pen that I just got a little while ago. And I think you got one too. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter and project. It did really well. It's a really neat pen. Yeah. I mean, it's heavy as all get out. But when you it write is. with it, it's actually very, it's very comfortable. So I've been, I've been trying to use this one because I'm thinking of, uh, you know, doing it for a review eventually. Uh, so that's what I've been writing with a lot. I mean, I've been writing with fountain pens a lot, of course, too. I've got, you know, I've always got about 20 pens on my desk somewhere. And uh, so kind of a little bit of everything. Uh, I've just gotten uh, a nice care package care package. I bought it a big box of Birmingham <laughs> company uh, pin company inks. So uh, I'm testing those out a little bit. Uh, and I've been using this uh, right notepads landscape notebook for the last, I don't know, a few weeks. And I really like this thing. Yeah, they are shockingly fountain pen friendly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a drier page. It's not necessarily a coated page like a Rodian. It's not going to sheen like a Tomoe, but it really handles pretty much anything, right? Have you found that to be the case? Yeah, I've been using front and back. So I was looking at it I'm like, oh, I've only used like four pages. Well, I've used four pages, but completely covering the front and back with no... I don't think I've... I've got a little bit of ghosting here from, uh, from like one ink. And I think it's probably... What the heck ink is this? I don't actually know what ink that is. Some red. But the, the rest of it seems like it's been fine. So, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, and like, we're always good with like the outliers, right? Not every paper is going to work perfectly with every ink. You know, sometimes one of them is going to, you know, show through or feather or something. And like, that's acceptable. Like, that's totally okay for a really good quality paper like these and these right notepads, I think. Yeah, and I really like that this is, I like that it's spiral bound and I like that I can use the front and back. Uh, I've been using the uh, the Baron Fig Mastermind, which mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, kind of the same thing, but it's glue bound at the top and it's not printed on the back. And so once you rip a sheet off, sheet off you just got like a loose page hanging out. Yeah. You but, can't fold it over. So I think it's 
I think the right one is like twice as good because I can use both sides of the page. <laughs> and it like the mastermind's like a desk size pad and the the right one. Uh, I think it, these are actually just about the just same like size. About the same size. Okay, cool. So and um but you're easily more easily portable with the right with the the cover and you can take it places where do you keep the just the mastermind on your desk mostly or do you take it with you? Yeah, yeah, no, it stays at home. Stays on yeah. the desk. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, those right notepads, I, I just like that. Anything in that orientation usually gets me pretty good. Now, the Birmingham Penco inks. I haven't gone there yet, but I'm super tempted. How did you decide what colors to pick? Because there are hundreds. Is that safe to say? Uh, it's Well, so the thing is, this is my first order from them. Yeah. I... Uh, uh, my friend David let me borrow a pen that had this um, Golden Gazette ink in it. I'm like, mm. oh, I got to get some of that. And it's apparently not really a regular offering. Mm. So I went to their site and they have a whole bunch of inks up there. But there are also a bunch of inks that they seem to rotate. So I gotcha. guess it's a three person shop from what I get. And so they just kind of they make a bunch of an ink and then they'll sell those and they'll like rotate in the next set. So I don't have a whole lot of experience with them. But, you know, the couple I've inked up are working really nicely so yeah i'm gonna have to jump in sooner rather than later i've been saying that for like a year now and yeah. i just keep sometimes i'll go and even like fill up my cart and then i'll only be on like page three and i'm like oh man i just <laughs> i just should stop and, and reconsider my life choices at this point but they look fantastic i'll be interested to see what you what you think about them and they're one of the few companies there's a couple now um, with ink flight but you can also get a subscription service from Birmingham, if you're into that, right? I think, I think they so. actually just canceled it. Oh no! So yeah, yeah, see yeah. My, that's a <laughs> see that's a hard thing to do, right? That is uh, a difficult thing. So like you know, I was you know subscribed to the Goulet one back in the day. It's only been a couple of years since they ended it, but man, that that is a tough thing. So I guess uh, Ink Flight is the way to go these days if you're uh, looking for a subscription. But yeah, these Birmingham. Pinco inks look fantastic, and I love their naming conventions. Like any highly specific naming yeah, convention, each bottle has the has the like a little story about where the name came from on yeah. the on the label, and I'm like, that's that's a pretty cool little feature. Yeah, I'm totally into that type of like specificness in products. Like that's my thing. I love it. I love <laughs> yeah, it. definitely is your thing. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of my thing, I've been using the Carondash 849, the Claim Your Style model, mm -hmm. which they did. This is the 50th anniversary of the 849, which I had no idea. I just saw a bunch of pretty pens show up in a pen model that I like, and I was like, yes, give me one. And it turns out that it was actually for their 50th anniversary. Um, do you use many ballpoint pens like in your daily use or just kind of beaten around or regularly at all? Yeah, totally. I've always got, um, well, almost always got a couple of pens on me. I usually carry a fountain pen and uh, a ballpoint or a rollerball of some, of some sort in my pocket. That's I get like a two pin case or something and throw both of them in there because they both have very distinct use cases, right? But oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've got one of those 849s right here on my desk, too. It's the super bright orange one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've got a <laughs> I've got I've got several of these little ballpoint rollerball guys <laughs> sitting here. I mean, I've got a spoke pen here. You might know about those. Got nice. This, uh, nice. The Squire. I've got this uh, this Mark one. I've got <laughs> a shown design like this is just like sitting in front of me. <laughs> so, yeah, like yeah, totally. We should do like a desk comparison picture because it sounds oh, like you're looking at my desk while you're talking about your desk. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> it is a mess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. We have questions about desk messes yep. and storage later um, that we will cover. Lots of questions for this episode. So I appreciate uh, all the listeners helping us out uh, fill this one out. But yeah, the 849 is just one of those pens that like gets me right. It's the right size. It's the right style. 
um, you know, I like the, the barrel shape and, um, it's just a really good quality. And I was able to pop in the, the jet, the new jet stream. I guess it's, I, for, I forget it's that it, they, they number their refills like XSR or 600, 700, whatever it is. I'll, yeah, I'll it's that Parker style jet stream. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it just, it just pops right in the 849, no modification. And, uh, I just go to town with it. So I've been using it recently, most recently in my Sumkin A5 agenda, which I've talked about maybe a thousand times already this year, but I've never made it this far into a year using the same agenda or planner. So um, I, I'm going to keep talking about it because I keep using it. And um, it was just a random purchase towards the end of last year as you know, you're getting the calendars rolling over and I had, you know, sworn off the Hobonichis and the Jibun Techos and different things <laughs> like that. I was going to go no planner. Then this one popped up and it has the layout that I like and it was split into two calendar two six month uh, notebooks. So like they're a soft cover A5 and I happen to have an A5 case that I like to carry things in. So I said, well, let me give it a shot and oh my gosh, it stuck with me. So I've used it like every week and I, I really, really enjoy it. So do you use any type of planner or system agenda, anything like that? You know, actually, I just put up a review of the Midori Travelers right. system uh, because I've been actually for the last six months rocking two planners at the mm. same time. And uh, that's that is a lot to keep up with. But <laughs> I I really like the Jibun Techo that you just mentioned. That's my that's my go to planner. Although this the Sumkin one that you just talked about looks really cool, too. Um, so I, I use the Jibun Techo and then I was also using that Travelers at the same time. And uh, I decided I'm going to stick with the the Techo, but the Traveler is a perfectly good one, too. Just it's missing like two features that I really want in a planner. Yeah. So what I'm seeing, like I enjoyed I enjoyed your Traveler system and it actually made me reconsider what I'm doing. Um, but you, like your reviews showed how you use the the one week over the two page one week over two page layout and you would put in those blocks of time like for your your teaching responsibilities and class times and things like that. And I was like, you know, I could really use a broader view, even if it's just a week over two pages or, you know, a month over two pages. And the Sumkin really doesn't do that super well. I guess there's some some options in the front, but I don't know. It doesn't flow that way for me. So yeah, I need to look into that. That's the thing that's actually missing in the the travelers for me is the month over two pages layout. And that's what I really like in the Jaboon. So it's got like two ribbons. And so I keep one on the month and one on the week. Mm. And so that I can look at both because, man, being able to visualize a whole month or a whole week at a time is is pretty useful for me. Yeah, that's where I'm falling into a trap here recently. Like I'm OK with this week, but then I'm losing, getting <laughs> lost in making plans for the future. Like I'm not handling that very well. And that's, that's catching up to me recently, which we'll, we'll talk about more of those things later too. Anything you're looking for right now? Do you have a, do you have a wish list or a shopping list? Anything that you don't have right now that you're, that's really caught your eye? Like I had a hard time coming up with this. Like I'm pretty content with like all the things I've bought recently and anything I've, that's come across my desk. You know, I don't know that I have necessarily like a short wish list of anything. Is there anything you, you're seeing out and about? You know, I don't really have a, a shopping list at the moment, except for I do have a jet pins cart. Uh, <laughs> don't and we right all? now, right. Um, and right now there's one that I'm sort of waiting for, which is a, uh, or waiting to come back into stock. And it's, 
It's this like weird unzippable pencil tray thing with like four compartments that lays out like a tray. Ooh. And uh, there was a bunch of different colorways, but I only like one. So I'm just like waiting for that one. <laughs> and I dithered too long and it went out of stock. So yeah. now I'm just waiting for that. And I've just got like, have you ever used these Sakura ball sign uh, gel pens? Yeah, I want to say yes, but it's like the, I recognize the name, but let me look them up. Because they're a very weird shape, but <laughs> man, I, I really like it. And so I've got, a, see. Like, wait, I've got an unconscionable number of those in my jet pens uh, right now. <laughs> I don't know why that's ringing a bell. Oh, yeah. They look like the, um, they're the jelly roll barrel. No, no. The jelly roll is uh, like just a straight cylinder. The Sakura ball sign has like, I don't know, it gets real, real tapered up toward the knock and the 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 grip section area is quite a lot fatter. So oh. it's kind of a fat skinny pen. And then it's got like a... Oh, I, I see know, it. I of, see it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they have a standard one that is the jer- jelly roll barrel. The ball sign knock... I have definitely used. Um, it's okay. Like I didn't like the the shorty clip on it. I remember using this now, but the grip section and the writing, the the refill that it uses were really good. I do remember that. It's ultra light, like as you can imagine. Um, so yes, I have definitely used this one, the knock version. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see the other version. So I didn't yeah. either until I <laughs> I've seen until I pulled that up, but then now I see the one you're talking about, and I've definitely reviewed that one. It's it's like good not great right like it's a very good pen yeah i'm well it's a i think the one i have is a 0.4 and mm-hmm. i i usually go fatter than that but this is a really good 0.4 i'm i've been liking it a lot so the micro gel talk puts us right into our next topic which i can't not mention it's kind of on brand for me and that's anything cwnt does who i love and they just released their pen type c did you see this uh, launch on kickstarter recently yeah, I totally did. Now, looking at this pen and knowing sort of the age range you are, do you remember seeing pens like this when you were younger? And like, it, I don't know, they weren't even like at stationary shops. They were more like a gift shop pen, right? Where it had this flip over uh, rail <laughs> that uh, protects like the tip of the pen. Do you recall ever seeing like that when you were growing up? So that pen actually has come back and it's mm-hmm. called the Snappy. Snappy. Yeah, here, I'll put it in the, uh, the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Really quick. There's a link for you. Gotcha. Yeah, it's called the Snappy. And yeah, I definitely had a bunch of those, you know, around the house growing up, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's a it's a really cool idea. And uh, I mean, this is uh, this pin type C seems like a titanium, like fancy version of the, the old Snappy. Right. So that's what this is. It's like the fancy version of this pen that used to exist. And I'm sitting here fidgeting with it, with it in my hands. I have a couple of older prototypes. One, I think I've probably had for two years. They just sent it to me randomly a long time ago. <laughs> and I, no joke, I've probably had it for two years and I keep it in my desk and, uh, you know, I've taken it out here and there. And the original one that I have fit a D1 refill. And then they sent me a modified one that was just the fir- the original one was the titanium. The modified one, they just sent me a 3D printed model of a change size so they could use this Pilot Hitech C slim refill that they use now. And um, I don't know. I like it. It's not for everybody, right? Just like we've talked about the 2-2 pin a bunch on the show. And I know you've reviewed one. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's very much along those lines to where it's a thin pin. You know, it's like a flat rectangle, right? Like, I don't even know how to explain it. But if you don't have a traditional grip, you're not going to like holding one of these pins, right? That's probably true. It's, I mean, it's, 
it's weird. Like it's weird. those rectangular pins are the flat ones are just kind of strange, but yeah. uh yeah, I've always found them kind of oddly comfortable, honestly. Right. That's how it is for me too. Like even the when Moleskine came out with their pins a few years ago, they did a wider rectangular and it just works for me. Like my, my grip works well with a rectangular shape pen. So it can go, you know, with the wider rectangular blocky shape or it could go with this thinner shape of the pen type C. So of course, like I'm way into this pen. You know, I I don't have one with a clip on it. So I've I backed it and I look forward to getting it. And um, yeah, I'll be all about it. Is the type C using the the Coletto cartridge? It is not. So they have oh. a high tech C um, slim cartridge. That it's After actually coming using. across a tiny version of Hypex C cartridge, the Coletto. We thought it'd be fun to make it, huh? Oh, I wonder if it, it doesn't look like the full link Coletto cartridge. So I'll have to look at that. I didn't double check through the uh, through the through the uh, campaign. So they're calling it. Yeah, it they are calling look, it the Coletto. Huh. But yeah, it's not as full. I can. I mean, huh. without researching this at all, I know it's not the length <laughs> of the Coletto. So, so maybe. There's a shorter Kalito that I'm unaware of or something. <laughs> but th- there's definitely a slim, or I think it's called a slim. So we'll have to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes if I can find uh, the version of it. But they have a small, knock-based, single-cartridge Pilot Hi-Tech C. And that's what I was thinking this one was using. So Maybe they're just taking the end off. Like, looking at my Kalito cartridges, they've got this long, like, you know, color selector end. Maybe they just yeah. take that off. And it I, don't, I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe so because huh. the cartridge that I have in um in mine definitely has like the stop in it, you know, like the wax or whatever, you know, yeah, right. component is in there. Like it's not modified, but maybe it's just popped off the end of it. So let's see. Huh. So the slim knock uses a refill. Yeah, so there's a the uh, uh, just like just like Uniball Pilot. L H S R F dash eight C gel pin refill. <laughs> <laughs> so that is for the uh, high tech C slim knock. So I'm wondering if that's it. We'll look at it a little bit more. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, do you have any of the CWT pins? Has that ever been a thing for you? Like it has been an obsession for me. No, I don't. Uh, I haven't. I, I don't love the uh, the high tech C refill mostly. Right. It's, right. They're always very like. I think the widest they get is a point five, yep. and that's sort of like the smallest I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. we got a question, which um, as you'll see as we go through this episode, Mike, we got a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. But this one from uh, A. Cray says, "What does Mike think of CWT pins that we just found out and rank the A, B, and C editions?" So I can I can handle that. It's uh, Pin type B is one, and then nothing else matters. Um, really? The A is not that useful because it's strictly a desk pin, and the C is just so highly specific. The B is so good. It's it's the best by a long shot. Um, if you want something, like if you're an engineer or a draftsman or something, and you want the, the scale, the big aluminum scale on your desk, I guess the A is up your alley. And then uh, the C is useful in particular situations, but the B... I can use it all the time. That's my favorite. Is the ruler on the type A, like, is it is it big? Is it too big to carry around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It doesn't so, look that much bigger than the B, really. So. Oh, yeah. It's it's bigger. It's bigger. Yeah. And it and it's pointy, so you, like, can't really put it in your pocket, or I don't know that you want to put it in a bag, right? It's I won't say it's sharp, but, it, you know, it has an edge to it. 
It's a block. I was going to go C-A-B, but Ooh. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I'm all about the B because you can get, I have like a titanium sleeve and a brass sleeve and they just look cool. So I've used different different types of sleeves on that. So that's good. We're, we uh, we would rank completely differently and that's uh, <laughs> that's better than agreeing all the time in, in my book. And I think this next topic, Mike, um, before we move on, is probably one we might disagree on too. Not in what the topic is, but do you use field notes at all? Nope. Yep. So that's what I was thinking. So here's one <laughs> like, like Mike's looking at all these show notes Brad put in here. He's like, yep, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> so let me ask you, do you use any type of pocket notebook regularly? Let's just let's go that route. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like the, uh, I don't, so like, I'm not, I'm not really against field notes or whatever. Sure. It's just, uh, it's not the way I usually go for pocket notebooks. I, I mean, I appreciate their style and stuff, but, um, yeah, it's just not my, yeah. not my, my bag. Not your jam. Uh, but like that's, that said, I don't think we're going to disagree about like the rest of the show note bit. Yeah. About yeah. This topic, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I use, um, I generally like a top bound uh for for my pocket carry mostly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i've actually been carrying what are these things called they're actually another right product that i just picked up in baltimore mm. but this like totally different note but the pocket flip book yeah because it fits actually in my wallet mm. and so then i don't have to have two pockets with notebooks in them you know yeah uh but yeah otherwise i carry around like uh i don't know like one of those smallish rhodia pads that fits in my back pocket that kind of thing cool but uh, yeah, yeah, field notes. Yeah. So we have to we have to mention this because, you know, like I said, we got to stay on brand here at the Pen Attic podcast. But well, yeah, like you say, not every product's for everyone. And that's what we try to explain to people, you know, just because I like something or Mike likes something or Mike likes something, it, you know, you may not like any of it. But what we wanted to mention was I was asked about the field notes subscription price increase and they went from ninety seven dollars for their annual subscription, which is four quarterly releases two packs of notebooks or sometimes they change it up and change the sizes. So it's not always two packs necessarily, but they went from $97 to $110. And that's the first time they've raised the price in the decade in a decade. And it's like, they almost don't even have to like, they have to tell you, but it's so insignificant based over the, history of the brand they haven't increased the prices very much they increased their three pack prices last year for the non-craft three packs to 12.95 a three pack i'm surprised they didn't in, in increase the subscription price then so this is kind of a no-brainer it doesn't really even move the needle for me but i was asked about it um multiple times and it's just yeah i think i don't think they'll get a lot of complaints out of this based on the value that you get and it's still a really good deal for if you're into that type of thing for the notebooks yeah, right. Like I, I don't subscribe because frankly, I don't go through that many notebooks in a year. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but also like an increase of $13 over a year. I mean, right. Whatever. It's, People who are buying a field notes subscription aren't going to care that much about a dollar a month. Yep. Yep. It's very, it's very minimal. Very inconsequential. Minimal. All right. We got more new products to talk about. We're going to talk about pen shows. I have some knock news to share that might shock you. But first, I need to talk about our good friends at ExpressVPNs. This episode of the Pen Attic Podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Sometimes cybercrime seems like something from the movies. It's hard to imagine someone trying to get a hold of your information. But stealing data using public Wi-Fi is an easy way for the bad guys to make money. And it happens to normal people like me and you. 
you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers could be vulnerable. But there's something you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals. Start using ExpressVPN. Not tomorrow or sometime next week. Today. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. Then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Now, Mike, I travel a pretty good amount, and I was happy to pony up. I'd always used a VPN when I travel for different Wi-Fis, and I was happy to uh, give ExpressVPN a try, and I'm super happy with it. It really is, after you install it, it really is one click to protect you. That's it, even on your you know, mobile devices, on your laptop, tablets, anything. So for less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to ExpressVPN slash PinAddict to learn more. Protect your on- online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at ExpressVPN.com slash PinAddict. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash PinAddict for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the PinAddict and all of FM. So as I was putting together the show notes, I knew we had a couple of new things to talk about. And then our good friend, Anna Reinert from the Well-Appointed Desk, dropped an Instagram post about her new coloring oversize. Um, I guess we would call this not quite a notebook, sketchbook. It's basically coloring on steroids. And it's awesome. What do you think about this product? Yeah, and my my immediate uh, response to that was, I want this. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's so also, good. Also, in thinking about it, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I don't care. I'm going to get one. Because, um, I mean, the coloring stuff is really good uh, paper. And it's I, I really like Anna and her husband. And they do a great job putting that stuff together. So Yeah, so I was scrolling back through your uh, Ink Dependence blog, which we'll... Uh, you know, we'll we'll go through where to find all Mike online, but you can go to inkdependence.com among other places and see a lot of ink reviews. And you use a lot of different color coloring products. You use the color ring, you use the color decks. Do I have this right? Yeah, that's I think a hundred percent of the coloring products. Yeah. <laughs> so now there's a third one. I, I I'm pretty sure this is gonna be in your workflow, right? Uh probably. So I mean, like you, I only saw this yesterday yeah. or today. I think it was last night, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to figure out something to do with it. I, I don't really know what yet. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I really like the, the Colodex cards are my go-to now. Gotcha. Um, uh, I was using the Moramon, uh, Namasini cards a long time ago, mm-hmm. as was everybody else. And then those went away and then color ring cards are definitely a step up from those. And the Colodex cards uh, are really great. I got a couple of Rolodexes. Uh, nice. Full of Colodex cards and coloring cards over here. And yeah, they're great things. Yeah, so I'm a coloring user and I really enjoy it. And the oversize, it's definitely going to feel kind of sketchbooky, right? Because this paper's thick. That's the idea behind this this coloring. It's for heavy, you know, ink sampling. And um, but you can use it for general writing, regular sketching, you know, anything you want to do. So it'll be interesting to see how people choose to use the oversize. And I think that's what's 
cool about this product is it will have kind of less rules maybe than what we saw what we see in like the standard color ring or color decks cards right your space is limited there so i have a feeling we'll see some pretty neat stuff with the oversized so i think they're launching at the st louis pin show here in a couple weeks so um that should be cool (laughs) the paper is not really all that thick i mean Mm -hmm. it's 100 pound paper it's not like it's cardstock so i mean i could i I, i'm trying to figure out what i'm going to do with this thing just (laughs) looking at it i'm like man i don't know but i i am i'm like you said i'm really excited to see what other people do with it yep that'll help me figure out what to do with it (laughs) yeah so i mentioned they're going to launch in st louis and that brings us to our next topic mike pin shows so i know you go to a lot of pin shows per year how many how many pin shows a year do you think you go to uh let's see i've been to five so far this year whoa and i've got uh two at least uh what three more so that's seven this year and that's 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 maybe uh, that's about that's about average yeah so uh, (laughs) so so why do you go why do you like to go to the pen shows uh i mean pen shows for me are really about people Mm -hmm. um I, I I do I work for a few of them so just sort of full disclosure my sure. wife Audrey is the nib doctor over at Franklin Kristoff and so I'm super lucky to get to go to a lot of shows because uh, I mean I can stay in a room with her so that's paid for by the companies so that helps me with a lot of expense mm-hmm. and I usually I'll travel with them if they're driving or I'll just drive out there because uh, living on the East Coast I have access driving wise to a lot of different pen shows uh, so super lucky in a lot of ways to get to go to pen shows. Um, but man, pin shows for me are not really about shopping so mm. much. So um, I remember when I first started going to pin shows and I would I'd put up these pin show reports and like, you know, uh, a bunch of pictures and all this kind of stuff and be like, yeah, I went to a pin show. I was there for about an hour, found a pen left. Like, I don't understand why it's great. And I'm like, well, it's because you're doing pin shows wrong. <laughs> I mean, if you just go there to shop, like if you treat a pin show like a trip to Target, then I think you're not really taking advantage of what the pin show offers, which is a, a chance to, you know, meet and commune and uh, you know, talk to people who are kind of like you in a way that a lot of other people aren't, right? You're, if you're a pen show person, you're probably psyched about stationery and pens and inks and all this other kind of jazz that we're into. And then you go to work and everybody's like, oh, look at your ridiculous pen, you know? <laughs> yeah, the way I, ex- I try to explain it for people who don't really have that experience is you get to say a lot of things out loud, that you don't normally get to say <laughs> in your day-to-day life, right? Like you get to talk about nibs and pen colors and wild inks. And these are normally, you know, when you're at home, these are conversations you probably only have in your head. And now you get to have them with other people and they're on the same wavelength and they can they can help you figure things out kind of, um, you know, that, that you're looking for. And yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with, the aspect of it, you know, definitely there's vendors there the, that are there to sell and make money and, you know, a lot of us buy pens, but it's about so much more than that. And it's just the atmosphere and the people. And I know not everyone can like spend like an entire day at a show or much less multiple days. But if you ever get that opportunity, I think it's certainly, certainly well worth that experience. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not saying don't buy stuff at pen shows. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, like, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, I'm this I'm the same way. Like I used to go with a shopping list, right? And now I go with no list and you know, maybe I'll find something, maybe I don't. Um 
I, it usually I do end up finding something, but you know, I'm not yeah. like necessarily we have, I mean, let's face it. We have lots of access to lots of things these days. So, you know, we get uh, a lot. Sometimes we get different things from being in person at a pen show, which is, you know, getting to see other people, meet other people, test out other products, find out, um, you know, about other, other things and, and learn and educate. Um, have you noticed anything different this year or in the past year or two than in the, how long, how long have you been attending pen shows? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like probably six or eight years. Yeah. I think that's probably, probably about same here. Um, and I was just wondering, like you've been to a lot this year, probably a lot last year. Like, do you notice anything with the crowds, the vendors, the shows, the promoters that you like, or even dislike, or that's been new this year and in, in what pin shows you've attended? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I think the biggest difference is sort of a demographic difference. I mean, when I've, and man, maybe I've been going to pin shows for more like a decade. I, it's been a while, but uh, yeah, like the the demographic is definitely changing the pin show. Like it used to just be uh, like, I don't know, mostly older white dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's not really that anymore. You have a lot more uh, uh, like a younger demographic and you have more women and you have more, you know, more of everything, really, yep. which is kind of great. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> cool. and that's with just uh, vendors and also attendees. I mean, maybe you've noticed the same kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, I was going to say, can we say thank goodness, right? I mean, as the as two white dudes here, it's like I couldn't be happier to see uh, way less <laughs> way less old white dudes at the pen show. Um, the demographic has totally <laughs> changed, and I I love it, and I think that's what makes it the most fun for me is seeing just the wide range of people from all backgrounds coming to the show and a lot of them learning about pens for the first time. We have the amount of new people that are still attending, like every show I go to the amount of new people that's their first pen show. It seems like it increases to me, um, which I think is, is fantastic. Like that's a pretty neat, neat feeling to, to have people come up to you and say, Hey, this is my first pen show. And what should I do? Yeah. I, I actually get that a lot too. That's uh uh, and I think some of that's because, you know, they'll they'll see, uh, you know, a video or something like I do a pin show walk around video on Fridays at pin shows and sort of give a tour of the place and introduce people to vendors and products and, you know, show people where things are and that kind of thing. And I've had a bunch of people come up and say, hey, uh, you know, I, without videos like that, I, I wouldn't have come to a pin show. I'd be too like, I don't know, nervous or uh, uh, uninspired or I, I don't know, whatever it is that keeps people from, you know, going out to a pin show. And I, I hope that. As the demographics change and as more and more people are going to pin shows, more and more people will be encouraged to go to pin shows, you know? I love your videos. I think that's one of the neatest things that anyone does, like, in in our little space. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's just so fun. And it's, like, it's real, right? It's unscripted. You don't know who you're going to run into, what you're going to run into. And... um I was wondering, do any vendors give you the stink eye when you're run, walking around with a camera and a little microphone pointed at them? Uh, definitely. <laughs> so like there've been a couple of people who will kind of wave me off and usually they're, um, I mean, some people just don't want to be on camera sure. and I try as much as possible to be respectful of that. I know a few people they are like, look, I don't want to be on camera. And so I avoid them. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes people will see me coming and like, they kind of know what I'm up to cause I've been doing it for, I don't know, a year or two now, I guess. Yeah. 
And uh, if they don't, they're like, I'd, I'd rather not have that. And just kind of wave me off and I'll <laughs> you know, go around them. Um, but if the majority of vendors uh, have been like, I've really been enjoying it. And I've talked to a bunch of them afterwards who have said things like, you know, thanks so much for stopping by and, and you know, giving people a chance to see what I have. And some people have said, hey, I've noticed that I actually sell more stuff after you do a video. I'm like, well, I don't like that might be connected. I hope it is. Right. But, you know, uh, I just want to show people that there are things because, man, if you're walking into your first or heck, even third pin show, uh, you're walking into a sea of tables. And right. I mean, the average pin show has a hundred something tables, which isn't huge for a lot of trade shows. But if you're just walking into a pin show for the first time, it's just a sea of tables and it all sort of blends together and you have no idea what you're walking into sometimes. And so I think the video helps break it down and make it a little bit more granular. And so people will be more tempted to look at a table rather than just like walk past in a daze. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that the vendors are open to doing this type of thing. Like that's a change for them too, right? Like we're not the only ones seeing change the vendors that, you know, don't, you know, who aren't really online as much as you and I are and, you know, don't participate in social media and do all these things, Instagram, whatever. And, you know, looking at you from like, what is this guy doing to say, hey, this is kind of cool that other people can see what I'm doing and want to be a part of that. I think that's really, really neat. So I think it's, I I think it's really awesome what you're, what you're doing with that. And uh, I'm not going to lie. When you come up, I see you so much at pin shows generally. Like we're, when we're there, we're there, we're seeing each other for like three and four days at a time. Yeah. So I forget usually on Friday afternoon when you're rolling over with like your camera, I don't notice you. I think it's just Mike coming over to talk to me. So it always takes <laughs> me about 10 seconds to realize I'm actually being recorded <laughs> because I'm just used to talking to you anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, on the on the pin show discussion to wrap this up, what would you like to see changed or see more of at a pin show? Do you have an ideal pin show in your head? Like what would make it perfect for you? Uh, you know, I saw that in the show notes. I'm like, oh, ah, man, I, I got a couple yeah. of mean questions in here. That's one of them. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. I I mean, there are some things that I, I, I that I've seen at pin shows that I do really like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it when a pin show has some room to it. You don't, yeah. uh, some of them are very cramped and they get crowded and it's just kind of uncomfortable. Um, so I like, I like a nice wide aisle. They had those in uh, Raleigh. They had them at the old uh, Philly show. Uh, Baltimore has Baltimore's some pretty good, good. aisle yep. space. Uh, so that means that you can be looking at a table and somebody could be behind you looking at a table on the opposite side and like a third person can walk in between. Yeah, them. that's that's, a, that's really all I want. That's a big deal. <laughs> that's like no joke. Yeah. That turn that changes people's attitudes, right? Yeah. And there's been a couple of pin shows where they have um, they just sort of have tables interspersed where you can like relax, set out your stuff, talk to a friend, show somebody a pen or a new ink or something. Uh, write a note. I really like when that's available so you don't have to leave the whole ballroom situation. You know, but this that sort of thing requires a lot of room. And so, yeah. you know, my perfect pin show is <laughs> an absurdly large room <laughs> <laughs> with a couch, <laughs> bunch of couches. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want and like I was I was sort of I was sort of mulling this over and I was thinking, you know, what we need at pin shows are we need a good mix of modern stuff, vintage stuff, uh, grinders and repair folk. Yeah. And some pin shows have all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, others, like you might be missing one or two, and that's kind of a big loss. You know, you'll have people that come in like, you know, I drove two hours to get this, you know, this pin fixed. I'm like, oh yeah, we don't, 
I don't really have any repair folks. Like yeah. the Kennedys couldn't make it and Zorn couldn't make it and Martin's not here and and that sort of thing. And it's like, oh man. And then they like kind of leave disappointed and that sucks. Yeah. Or even if you just have one of those, like you need multiple of each like kind of discipline because when you have one, then they get overloaded, right? And the person that just came up for Saturday afternoon, well, guess what? There's a list of front in front of you, right? So it's the same type of situation. Yeah. So I'm with you on the space and, you know, it wouldn't be fair to just leave, leave this question all on you. So, uh, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite? What's your perfect pin show, Brad? You know, I'd like, I'd like more time for education, but I like classes and just learning and things like that for new and experienced users. But I have such a challenge with even saying that out loud because it takes away from floor time for you know, like vendors come there to sell things, right? They're paying, they have expenses to cover us, right? So what I'm saying would take some of that away maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a happy balance for what that is. And, you know, then you're end up into like multiple, multiple day shows. And I don't know, it's a little bit more, you know, of a convention than a pin show. And then would you have buy-in from vendors? So I, I struggle with that like concept um, a lot. And, so I, I don't know that I have a good answer, but I, I do like the answers that you gave just for like the, just the general flow of the shows. I, w- I would like to see that. But have you ever taken a class at a pin show mm, once? So like that's I'm going to try to do that. I don't know if I'm going to make it this year, but next year I'm going to try to go to one or two pin shows where I don't work. So to where I can just do that. Right. So the only time I've been able to do that is at the Little Rock pin show where I go and, and I don't work. And I've taken like a... um a maintenance, like a general maintenance, maintaining pins class there. And uh, mm-hmm. otherwise I haven't. And that's the one thing I personally miss, like that I don't get the opportunity to do. Um, Cause I'm generally working like for knock and stuff. So I don't know. It's a, it's one of those pipe dream things. I don't know if it's like a completely separate thing that's not vendor based at all. Right. Where it's just more of like a fountain pen education thing for like a day or two where you get all kinds of, you know, different, um, different teachers in to to do things and you know i don't know i don't know i haven't totally flushed that out how that would work but (laughs) that's where my head is sometimes yeah right all right related to this pin show discussion i need to give everyone some not code news we had talked about and i talked about on the show and publicly about attending dc we are not going to attend the washington dc pin show this year so i'm super sorry to all of our customers and fans that wanted to see us there check out the notco table i guess we've been there three four years in a row right now but i'm just buried <laughs> like i'm not gonna be i think from now until dc i have one weekend at home and it's just wearing me out so I'm going to San Francisco at the end of August, so I needed a break before I get into there. So Jeff and I talked about it, and we decided not to go to the DC Pen Show uh, this year, which stinks. So we'll see about next year. We'll see how things go with the show. It's always a great show just from like sales perspective. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to like logically miss that as a business, right? But at yeah. at the same time, it is super exhausting and I'll be heading into it just drained to begin with. So I wasn't exactly looking forward to that. So it's a personal decision kind of on my part, um, you know, to, to not go this year just to get a break in before San Francisco because leading up until DC is just going to be a hot mess for me. So self-inflicted busyness, but uh, that's okay. But sometimes things have to give. 
Another thing that I had to give, and this is probably like a bigger topic than us not going to DC, is Knock is not going to wholesale products to retailers anymore. So this was kind of a long time discussion Jeff and I had been having. The short version is the margins are pretty bad and it's not sustainable for us to keep knock running smoothly and efficiently like it has in the past. So we have lots of inventory up and downs and don't have the margins to cover those wild swings. So our retail partners have been completely amazing, like supporting us over all the years. They've taken less margin themselves because our margins are so bad. Um, they've accepted less margins just to carry our stuff, which is a big deal, like for have your vendors like support you in that kind of way. So I just wanted to thank them. You know, nothing's changing for knock except that we hope that Jeff and I can get back into being faster and have quicker turnaround on products and have more new colors and more new styles in faster timeframes rather than having big, huge like color runs that takes us months and months and months and maybe a year to sell through and can't turn over that product line as quickly. So that's our goal is to get back to turning over our product line more quickly, to have more colors, to create new designs, one of which we have in the hopper right now. Hopefully it's done for San Francisco. And um, yeah, just kind of get back to the me and Jeff model and focusing on what we're what we think we're really good at is creating cool products and having real fun with the colors and you know hopefully our customers will like that so it'll be a direct to consumer business going forward and um, like I said I can't thank our wholesalers enough our retail partners they've been just awesome to work with so if y'all have any questions y'all can always reach out to me online you know nothing's really changing like for our customer or anything like that it's just it'll all start going through us now and uh, maybe it'll allow us to be a little bit quicker on our feet if you will because we've been feeling a little bit sluggish turning over our products recently and uh, we want to we want to keep things fresh faster so we're going to work on that going forward all right. Big news there, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks it for, was. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for letting me... Like, I could not drop it on you. <laughs> the, Let's drop the, two bombs in yeah, the middle of the episode. In the middle of the episode on Mike. <laughs> but hey, it's got to get out there. And I figure, you know, around the pin show discussion, it would be had. So uh, speaking of pin shows, Mike, you can have a pin show online at our friends at Pen Chalet. So this episode of The Pen Attic is brought to you by Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more. They have all of your favorite brands like Monteverde, Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, and Caveco, and are, of course, an authorized dealer. They have fast and reliable customer service. They run special discounts twice a month, including closeout specials every two weeks. They're always adding new styles of pens every month. As well as the brands I mentioned earlier, Pen Chalet sells limited edition pens and all the accessories you need, like pen carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain pen converters, and so much more. They have free shipping on orders, over $50 in the U.S., but they also sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. Pen Chalet has low prices on high-quality pens and offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to penchalet.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website Enter the password for Pen Addict for this week's special offer and get the code you need to save 10% on anything at Pen Chalet. So, Mike, this is the time where I go to penchalet.com and I click on the button 
radio podcast <laughs> and I put in the word. You see, usually I do this while Mike's reading, but uh, this time I had to read it. So, man, I am, I'm way ahead of you. I've been browsing these offers while you've been talking. All right. So <laughs> they're on it. Um, like right out the gate, I see one of my personal favorite pens, Mike, the Pelican M101 in gray blue. It's this year's model. I really like, I really like that pen. They also have the Diplomat Excellence. I know you're a diplomat. Yeah. I know you're a big diplomat fan, right? I am. Yeah. They've got that, uh, that brass excellence in the A2, which is a really nice, uh, like slip cap pen. Yeah. Yeah. So they got, as always, they have, a wonderful selection of special products. Head over to Pin Chalet and check them out. Use the offer code PINADDICT in the radio podcast link. And thanks so much to Pin Chalet for sponsoring Relay FM and the Pin Addict. All right, Mike. So we talk about a lot of pins and a lot of stationery. And I know when we see each other, there's another thing <laughs> that we talk about. Hey, too. what's that? What's What's that bag you got there? <laughs> what bag are you carrying today, Mike? You have you have a bag problem. I'm just going to lay it out there. You have a bag problem, and I say that lovingly because I have a bag problem too. So why? <laughs> you seem to be recovering from your bag problem, though, whereas <laughs> I feel like I am not. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, so for those of you who don't know out there, my full-time job is I'm a college professor. And so that means I'm on campuses. It means I'm going from building to building and office to uh, car to I, I have to carry a bunch of stuff. And so the reason I have a bunch of different bags is that I, it depends on what I'm carrying as to what a good method is. Or sometimes I have to dress up. So I need something that looks a little bit fancier. Or sometimes I'm just going like incognito student style. And, um, you know, I'm wearing a, a hoodie and jeans. And I just need like a, a sling to, or a messenger to go with that. But I've got to carry books. I've got to carry notebooks. I've got to carry a computer. I've got to carry all my, my you know, my bag of, you know, necessary stuff. The the Chase Reeves uh, always got to have you never want to see you bag. Mm -hmm. Uh, that goes from bag to bag with me. So, I mean, I, I feel like there are a lot of different use cases and that's why I end up with a lot of different bags. Plus, I mean, they're cool, man. Yeah. You know, this sounds a lot like picking out the pen that you need. A lot of pens fit a lot of different situations yeah. and man, they're cool. So you end up with too many of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what kind of things have you been carrying recently? Because I guess in all the years I've known you and the same goes for me, we have bag turnover, just like pen turnover. So we don't ask like, what are you carrying? We're asked, what are you carrying now? <laughs> like what's the current setup for your, your bags? What are you liking? Uh, so I've got... I've got so I've got like three that I've been uh, in pretty heavy rotation right now. Uh, the first is my nomadic backpack, which I got as a Kickstarter, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a slick kind of techie looking, you know, black on black bag. Uh, it's like very structured. So it stands up on its own. It's got a zillion compartments for all my junk. Uh, and it's it's really kind of my favorite backpack at the moment. Uh, and I've only I was looking through my collection of bags uh, and it, I've only got like two backpacks right mm. now. Uh, and the other is an Osprey that I've had forever. And those things never wear out. Yeah. But that's more, you know, uh, I don't know, kind of outdoorsy technical looking than uh, than the Nomadic. And then uh, I've been using a couple of messengers. I've been using this rickshaw medium zero messenger for, I don't know, maybe two years uh, ish, I guess. Uh, yeah, something like that. And it's uh, it's kind of the perfect size for 
uh, just going to class. Like it carries my uh, my MacBook, it carries uh, a couple of notebooks, it carries my planner setup, uh, you know, all that kind of jazz. I just throw it in there. It's very comfortable and, and, and nicely organized for me. And then the one that I carry when I need to carry a lot of stuff and I don't feel like carrying a whole backpack is I've got this uh, Peak Design Everyday Messenger. And I forget what the size is, but it's the bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought that secondhand from uh, my friend Jim. And so it's like been to the top of mountains and all kinds of crazy nice. stuff. But that thing is so versatile and awesome. So, yeah. So I the bigger backpacks like I I go in and out of like bigger stuff to carry all the things, smaller stuff to carry a few things. That's why I kind of like use what you said about the rickshaw medium zero. It's kind of like the just right for just enough type of stuff. So yeah. like, and I've gone through, as you mentioned, you know, I've, I've called my, my bag and backpack herd a little yeah, bit. What's left. Um, I have like two bags left. I have uh, the, <laughs> a brown Buffalo conceal bag and uh, the Patagonia kind of like the briefcase backpack style one, which I'm surprised I didn't sell that one. Yeah. But I, I'll just have to, I just, you know, gotta, gotta promote them. But I, um, I sold most of my bags because I decided that the Tom Ben signups 25 liter was going to be the one bag essentially for my backpack carry, even though like I'll admit I kept two bags uh, behind a Bowyer bullpup and a Topo designs uh, Dome paper mountain briefcase. Um, both of those for like specific, very specific reasons. Like they're very, I don't know. I just think they're cool stories behind them. Like the, the bow gear is like a very highly custom that they never offered. And the topo and don't paper one is just cool. Cause it's stationary theme. But what I carry every day now is the Tom Ben synapse and it holds a lot of stuff. And I had ordered the 19 a while back. And that's just <laughs> <laughs> like I've told you in person, it looks like the little hello kitty backpack on, on my back, you know, I'm broad shouldered. And Same. yeah, yeah, you and I have the kind of the same fit on our across our backs and you need a little bit wider strap, bigger bag and the Tom Ben synapse is going to be it for me. Hopefully um, it feels like it like I took it on a trip this weekend and it just holds all the things like correctly and I, I like it a lot. So did you did you take that as like a one bag carry? I didn't just because um, my wife was taking a suitcase. So I just threw a bunch of clothes yeah, in the suitcase yeah, yeah. too. So it, this carried like I had to carry... I carried a laptop, an iPad, a Yeti microphone, like a bunch of notebooks, and it was just maybe half full, like if that. So it was good. It worked out well for that, although it was heavy. Like that was too much stuff. To, I wouldn't normally carry like a microphone, <laughs> but I had a I had a portable recording session that, that I needed to do. I'll be on. Uh, stay tuned for the 1857 podcast next week. Um, for all you listeners out there, I'll be a guest on there. So we recorded that earlier this week. But yeah, it's. I think it's going to be good. Like I'm very content with it in that I can just have it be the one. And like you said, the, the, the what is the chase Reeves, like the hidden bag called? Like mm -hmm. I was tired of chasing that all over the house, right? Because it would end up in bag. And then I'd switch bags and forget which bag it was in. And I had to keep finding it and relocating it to the current bag. So it's like, I need the one bag. So that's the one for now. Um, awesome. The other thing I use on an almost daily basis, but for different reasons, is the Brown Buffalo Tote. And I actually, they don't have this model listed on their site right now, but they have a different tote bag listed. This is a mega heavy duty, like it's almost like a tarp material. Um, 
that I just use to carry like all of my shipping stuff. Anytime I'm shipping knock or pen addict or spoke pens, like I'll load that thing down and take it to the post office. And that's a daily use bag for me. It's like a 30 liter tote bag, something like that. Um, very <laughs> heavy duty, like very over, overbuilt and overkilled, but I kind of love it and I use it every day. So trying to stick with those. I can't guarantee it, right? There's there's no guarantees in bags, just like there's no guarantees in pens and paper and stationery, right? Yeah, well, your use case might change, you know, and you'll need a new thing. At least that's our excuse. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but Mike, Moo, there's no... We don't need to make excuses for Moo because they're an awesome company and you know about them and we're going to talk about that in a minute. So this episode of The Pen Attic is brought to you by Moo. Moo is an online print and design company specializing in customizable business cards, postcards, stickers, and more for your business. You don't want to get caught out by not having a business card at that important moment. And with Moo, you can be prepared to show your creativity whenever the opportunity arrives. The quality of Moo's business cards is one of a kind. With special finishes like gold foil, raised spot gloss, and letterpress, Moo's business cards are so unique, help get your business to stand out from the crowd. But if you are not into designing your own card, Moo recently rolled out new templates for business cards, drawing inspiration from trends they've seen amongst their most creative customers. Even though business cards are Moo's core product, their full suite of products includes postcards, invitations, letterheads, stickers, and flyers, allowing you to seamlessly promote your brand. They even make amazing quality notebooks available in both softcover and hardcover. Whatever you need, Moo have you covered with their easy customization options. And if you're not familiar with Moo, you can order a free sample pack on their website to try out their different products. So now, Mike, you mentioned, and I didn't know this going into it, your business cards come from Moo. How is that? They're great. Uh, I've been using Moo for uh, several years, ever since I've been getting business cards, really, and business, like my blog cards. <laughs> um, and they have these ones that are made out of uh, like recycled T-shirt material. Oh, wow. And I found out you could write on those with fountain pens. And so that was an instant buy for me. Whoa. Okay. Now that sounds like something I need to get into. And if you need to get into that, you can go to Moo.com and find out more and get 15% off your order when you spend $50 or more by using the code PRINTMOO at checkout. Once again, that's the code PRINTMOO to get 15% off when you spend $50 or more at Moo.com. Our thanks to Moo for their support of The Pen Addict and all of Relay FM. Moo, let's get physical. Wow. So yes, we need to get some physical business cards made, Mike. So I will work on that. Now, when we set up this episode, or I guess I should say when I pressured you into doing this episode at the last minute, I kind of panicked, right? It's like, you know, I know what we can talk about, but I have to change the direction a little bit. So what do we do when we need a little help filling out show topics? We ask the listeners. And in this case, Mike, <laughs> the listeners, the listeners hooked us the up. The listeners came through. So I apologize in advance that not only did I not copy down all the questions because there were so many of them, Mike and I went through and culled them even further. <laughs> so we weren't here for two hours today, but the questions were amazing. And I really appreciate everyone sending them in to us. So we have quite a list here that we're going to try to get through some quicker than others, but I think uh, it's going to be fun. So you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. All right. This one's from Twitter. Uh, FZNLAM asked TPA, if you were going to Mars and could bring along two pens and a bottle of ink, as well as one notebook, what would be your go-to for reliability and writing pleasure? This is a very loaded question, which is why I left it. Like it's 
very basic or extremely specific, depending on how you wanted to take it. Yeah. I mean, do you want to go first? Do you want me to? Uh, You go for it on this one. All right. So uh, as far as a couple of pens, uh, they said two pens and a bottle of ink. So I I guess I'm going to go two fountain pens Mm. uh, because, you know, why not? Uh, So first I got to get a sentimental pen, which is this this, uh, Franklin Christoph Panther 40 that Audrey got me years and years ago, way before she was associated with Franklin Christoph. And I love that pen. It's got a bit of a personal story. Uh, and second, probably a diplomat arrow, because mm. uh, I'm I, everybody knows I love those things and probably like the uh, the new Volute one that I just got because <laughs> it will remind me that water exists. Um, and then for a bottle of ink, I mean, you got to go volume if you're stranded there. Right. So uh, are you going to be there for a couple of years anyway? So uh, I'm going to go with one of those giant jugs of like pilot blue black or something. Oh, man, you got so, me on that one. <laughs> and then for a notebook, like. The user didn't say uh, what size notebook, so I'm going to go with this Rhodia dot pad, but like the number 38 one, which is an A3, because I feel like that'll get that give me enough paper. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. That like you don't have to be portable. You might be like stuck in a bubble, so you can have a big pad to spread out, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Pilot 823 for a fountain pen, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go with my County Com Embassy pen for a Fisher Space pen refill. I just kind of have a feeling that might come in handy. Because oh, you're in space. Yeah. Oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. So like it could be kind of tricky and I don't know exactly what situations I'll run across in Mars and I might want that. And uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. And to fill it up, fill up the fountain pen. I was thinking pilot Hiroshizuku Shinkai, but man, the, the giant bottle of blue black is the correct answer. I think like that because I number one, because I love that ink and number two, that's a lot of ink. So as far as the notebook, I'm actually not as particular on that and i would probably have gone for like the rhodia a4 pad which is something I, that just lives on my desk and i use it just constantly for everything so mm-hmm. you know i think those are reliable pins and i like yours that you had a little story right you with yours so it'll give you like some good memories you know what if you're on mars alone you know you might want some good thoughts up there right mm-hmm. so speaking of audrey this is from b council 87 now that she's at franklin christoph do you get free free grinds on your pins <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> I would hope that's. So. I would hope so. <laughs> Absolutely, I know Audrey is a, a really. She is a really good nib grinder, and so uh, if I ever have a pen that doesn't work well, uh, instead of screwing it up myself, mm. I will give it to her, and she will make it excellent. Yeah, uh, I, I did recently try to fix a pen and kind of messed it up. So like, <laughs> before I mess this up any worse, I'm just gonna let Audrey deal, fix it for me. <laughs> yeah, she's the best, and I I love her work. And like, I'll just buy nibs to have nibs and let her grind them just so I have them to put in my other Franklin Christoph pens. Since we're on this mm-hmm. topic, not in the list, do you have a favorite nib grind? Is there a, a preference that you say you have a majority of over other nib grinds? Um, probably by, by volume, it's going to be like a broad SIG, okay. which is the the Franklin Christoph custom grind that's in between an italic and a stub. Yeah. Um, yeah, somewhere, something like that. Broad stub, broad sig, something like that. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorites, except I would do it probably on a fine. That's what that's, yeah. that's the one where like we, you like a little bit broader lines and I like a little bit finer lines, but we both like that same grind. That grind really, really works for me. All right. Our friend, Mr. Jonathan Brooks wants to know with all of your inky experience, what's your most sought after ink characteristic sheen, shading, saturation, color. What do you look for in a good ink for you personally? Uh, for me, it's going to be saturation and shading. I like saturated inks, but I also like them to shade if possible. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but like the other one that's not listed there and most people don't think about too much is feel. Mm. I like an ink that feels like thick and smooth. Yeah. I, I hate it when inks feel dry and grainy. Like I just, ugh. you can tell, right? Like when you're, after you've used a few inks, you can go, Oh, this one feels different, right? There's, there's noticeable right. things. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget when I first started using fountain pens regularly, I didn't know what shading was. Like I was, I was like, why are my lines darker in some areas and lighter in other areas? Like I used to have to ask about that. And, um, nowadays that's like my favorite thing to have that type of character in a line. Yeah. I just love, mm-hmm. I love seeing that. This is a tough question. Um, this is one of those unfair questions that I put in because I don't know how I would answer this totally, but Blakemore wants to know what's one trend in fountain pens that you like and one trend that you dislike. Uh, man, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like some of the things I really like in, in fountain pens that are, that are starting to happen more are I like to see interesting filling systems mm-hmm. um, and I like to be able to see them. So I really I like demonstrators. I know that's kind of polarizing. Like some people feel like they look a little bit cheap and other people like me like the, to see the inner workings of a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are things I'm into, but trends that I don't like. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Like, I, I'm not even sure I, I have one for that either. Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I can throw one out there, but it's going to start some fights. <laughs> I mean, and that is there's too much purple right now. <laughs> too, too much purple. I, I can't I can't purple. Oh, uh, see, I'll, I'll OK. See, I'll fight with you right there. Like I outside of orange, like purple is probably like my number two shade. So like I'm OK. I'm OK with the purple, but it does tend to go in cycles. Right. Just like. The fountain pens seem to be whatever hot color is the year after the Pantone color of the year. Like we've gone through like mints and corals and salmons and like last year was a dark purple. So now all the pens are purple this year. So, you know, maybe that's it. The one trend I like um, and I think you're on board with is like the the highly customizable like materials and just wild things that we see that are not necessarily like straight up traditional type of pens that there's an opportunity to get something like you were talking about your Panther material, like from Franklin Christoph or something that really kind of fits you and your personality. And you can really match pens up to those type of things and then find an ink to go with it too. So as far as yeah, like Brooks, who we just mentioned yeah. is great at making those materials. Exactly. So. so that's, that's a trend that I think is here to stay like the highly custom, um, customizable stuff. So I like that so much. I didn't even think of it as a trend, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, to, I agree with that, right? To me, that's what I look for. Like, that's my normal. But in the big picture of things, it's definitely a trend. I think, and it's mm-hmm. one that's growing. All right, this one brings in your your teaching experience a little bit. Do you incorporate? And this is from Astro Noir. Do you incorporate your love of pens, ink, and paper into your philosophy teaching? I don't know if I do it into my teaching, definitely into my prep and those kinds of things. And I definitely use that kind of stuff in class. So uh, sometimes we have projectors and that sort of thing that can project your writing on the you know screen or whatever. And I'll use fountain pens and sometimes I'll get comments about oh, it. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, I've had students go, oh, it's a really cool pen. I'm like, yeah, see me after class. <laughs> or um, after a course, sometimes students are like, you know, I... I I saw you using fountain pens this semester and I went and looked into fountain pens and now I've got, you know, uh, two Lamy all stars or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I've spread a little bit of that, but I don't, I I don't use it in examples and stuff very often. Sometimes in talking about value and price and these sorts of things, when I'm doing business ethics Mm -hmm. uh, or marketing sorts of situations, I'll bring some of that in, but, 
Uh, I try not to put it in pe- people's faces too much. Yeah, uh, that sounds. I mean, that sounds like exactly right. Like you use it, and it's kind of passive a little bit, and then people inquire and find it interesting. Then you know, may end up down that path themselves. So related for that to that, uh, Andrew wants to know: Can you tell if taking notes by hand as opposed to laptops makes a difference in the classes you're teaching? Uh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to quantify that, right? Like you can't really. Well, not, yeah, not for me. I mean, I, I've read research studies and that sort of thing that have tried to show correlations between improved test scores and learning and re- like um, retention with writing things by hand. And so I'll put some stock in that. And I think it's probably it seems true. It has the ring of truth, but there's no way I can do. I can figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. So changing course here. Sir Jerkface wants to know, does Mike have an equivalent of Brad's closet of doom? Basically, my stationary closet of death where everything goes to be piled up and hopefully not die, hopefully to be used or given away at some point. But do you have any type of crazy stash of stationary? Uh, unlike you, I'm real bad at confining my my crazy doom stash <laughs> into a particular place. So it's kind of my whole office is the closet of doom. <laughs> I've got a cabinet where my ink lives and I've got a, a couple of places where I like cram notebooks and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, everything just kind of it's it's all over the place. <laughs> so, the answer is yes. And it is my whole office. Yes. All of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's hard. Like my stuff on my desk, I keep a separate pile that's on its way to the closet of doom. Right. So there's a, I have like the closet. And I have my desk and then I actually have a transition area of doom. So, um, you know, <laughs> transition area of doom because <laughs> <laughs> it's headed that way. <laughs> so Beth asked, do y'all have any EDC items, especially for summer events? Do they differ from school year stuff you carry? I'll tackle this one first. And I do because um, my son plays baseball. So I'm out at a ball field a lot and I'll almost strictly carry either a wooden pencil mechanical pencil or a ballpoint i won't carry a rollerball ink or a fountain pen ink pen in those types of situations and it's almost always with a pocket notebook of some type so not specifically a pocket notebook whereas opposed to if i wasn't doing like summer events like going out and being sweaty and dirty like (laughs) you know baseball or doing anything else outside i would carry you know, most like more times than not, I'm carrying a fountain pen. Um, but those situations just do not call for that. Um, so do you have anything like that? You know, I, I actually carry less stuff around in the summer because I'm not going to classes and such. So no, not really. I I just carry less. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's kind of, kind of on that same, same thing. Like when I, when it's not summertime and I'm doing things, I'll carry a pin case of something a lot of times or jumps a sleeve of something. But yeah, yeah, right. it's just way, yeah. way less in summer and outdoors. Unicorn Cat asks, and we need to pimp your store here. So what made you guys decide <laughs> to do the polymer clay ink stand? So let me preface that by saying you can go to the ink dependent store at inkdependentstore.bigcartel.com or just go to the shortened URL inky i-n-k-y dash d.com we'll have all this in the show notes mike sells stuff so number one tell us about your store then number two tell us about the pen rests 
So uh, the store actually happened because I was convinced to make stickers of various things. <laughs> Uh, our good friend, Hey Matthew, uh, made a designed an awesome logo with me. And so I've been using that on stickers and things. And then it sort of evolved into things that uh, and people that show up on my Friday live streams on YouTube. Uh, like uh, some people are big fans of my dog Scraggles or my cat, Mr. Nose, who's always butting into things. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> our friend Brian, like convinced me to make one of my face. So I ended up with all these stickers and I'm like, well, how do I make these available? So uh, I made the store. And then I had uh, I was talking to Mark at Rickshaw Bagworks, and he printed a bunch of things with various designs. Some of them, my logos. Some of them, one of them is a great pen case with uh, like this picture I took in my garden of some uh, creeping flocks. That came out I awesome. It was, it's really cool. Yeah, I've got a few of those left. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, so the pen rests came about because uh, I, pens without clips have been sort of getting bigger mm. recently. I think, and I used to be a, a solid clip or die sort of dude but i've got a bunch of pens without clips and so you need to have some way to sort of keep them from rolling around and you know keep them in place um and so we have a few of those things around but audrey really likes making things out of clay and she hasn't done it in a long time and so she's like well we could try making this stuff out of polymer clay because it gives you something to do with your hands while you're you know watching netflix or whatever at night and you get to be artistic and like sort of creative with the different color patterns and all this kind of thing and so uh yeah we started making pen rests and um polymer clay once you bake it is basically pvc mm. so it's not going to hurt your pens or anything it looks cool it maintains its shape uh and so yeah it's been a lot of fun knocking those things out and getting different color combination suggestions from people and uh, that sort of stuff. So that's how those came about is Audrey had the idea, Hey, why don't we make a thing? And so that's what we do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And they're really cool. I like, you know, me, I like the wild colors. So these are right up my alley. I saw them at the triangle pin show where, um, we got one, I got one and both my kids got one. So thank you for that. And I'll have, you know, that your face on a sticker is on my sticker wall in my shipping area. Like I can see it. <laughs> while I'm shipping and I think that's probably a mistake on my part you know as much as I, I gotta love keep the an sticker, eye on you. yeah I know it's like you're giving me the side <laughs> eye while I'm working most of the time but I think that's a hilarious sticker so uh that's awesome so y'all definitely check out everything Mike's doing it's it's really cool and really fun and like that's what it's all about was like making making fun stuff that uh puts a smile on your face and all this stuff does to me so this next question from our good friend Julia Scott I wanted to ask this question. I thought this was a great question because I'm curious about this. Talk how about you think about your Instagram. Like, how do you take a good shot? Do you consider your whole feed, etc.? Is this a thing for you? Like, I do you consider what goes on your Instagram? Because I have thoughts on this. So I do now. Okay. Um, for years, I just kind of didn't. Um, and so... <laughs> my Instagram journey has gone this way. I started out with a personal Instagram and that's just, I like put a bunch of stuff up there and I'd put pens and plants and cats and dogs and whatever I was doing. I said, you know, a lot of people who are following this just like know me from the blog or the YouTube channel or whatever. So I started a special one for that one. And, uh, I just kind of did whatever. And then I was talking to Audrey about it. She's like, you know, if you, you know, I think people would like it more. Maybe if you focused on your, on your Instagram a little bit more. And so, uh, I get a lot of great ideas from Audrey. She's really astute at paying attention to social media and, you know, makes comments like, 
you know, you should probably put up pictures that people are going to like. <laughs> so, because I never really paid attention much to it. Uh, but uh, yeah, people like to see uh, things that are sort of themed. So, uh, you know, like I've, I've done a few recently. It's like, hey, here's a whole bunch of blue pens. Check these out. Or look at this, you know, fistful of orange ones or whatever the thing is. Um, and so that's a fun way to get people talking about various pens. Let them see a bunch of them sort of in a context. Um how I take shots, like I think other people do Instagram way better than I do in terms of photography. Uh, I just like I love shots like out in nature and that sort of thing, but I just don't take those shots mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I just try to I try to make it look kind of interesting. And sometimes that means a whole blank white background around a thing and a light box. And sometimes that means, uh, you know, a fistful of things on my desk or it means an array of ink swatches or you know, whatever I'm kind of doing at the moment or I think people might appreciate. I'm torn a little bit. Like I've never, I think considered is the right word. Like I've never completely considered the overall presentation of Instagram for pen attic feed. And like I've always just done pen stuff or I'll mix in personal stuff or random stuff that I think is cool. And with not a lot of specific consideration there'll be some general consideration so i don't know you know if i need to change that or just keep it going as it is you know probably keep it going as it is but maybe try to focus a little bit more on it i don't know i I, i'm torn a little bit do i want to make it a brand right and have that type of feel or keep it like more personal which is what i've always done and i think there's a balance between the two to be found but um you know maybe i'll consider it a little bit more i don't know we'll see so the thing I did, and here's maybe a suggestion, mm-hmm. and this is also a suggestion from Audrey, of course, the font of all my good ideas. Absolutely. Uh, and that's um, maybe focus the main thread of things, like your main line Instagram, and then put the other fun stuff sort of in the stories. And I ah, never yeah. use stories. I was like, I don't understand those. Until I started paying attention to like what Tiff Arment does in her stories. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, good. So Tiff Arment is sort of my stories uh, inspiration. Nice. Um, so it lets me... I don't know, make my regular Instagram feed sort of pen centric and that sort of thing. And then put all the other just random crap that I'm doing in the stories. Yeah. We should listen to Audrey and, and Tiff more often. They're super smart. Right. So yeah, that's a, that's a great call that I never thought about how you can basically have two flows. If they're, if, if you will, in Instagram, you right. have like your photo and your, your pen flow, then your, your personal type of uh, flow through the, the pictures. That's pretty, pretty cool. All right. We're just going to knock out a couple more here. And uh, I'm interested about this one because we've talked about it a little bit. So Evan wants to know, what is it about the Diplomat Arrow that is so deeply appealing? Do you have any other pins that you have the same pin in so many different colors? And do you have a dream colorway for the Arrow? Uh, um, yeah, so I've got, I've got a couple other things. Like um, the other thing that Evan and I both like is the Rotring Core, mm-hmm. which is this just absurd pen from the <laughs> I don't know early 2000s or something like that and uh, I've got a bunch of those in different colorways I've got like all stars in a bunch of different colorways but uh, yeah I don't know what it is exactly that about the arrow that's so appealing but it's got a great shape I think to it I like the design details um, I, I think the new colorways that diplomats doing now are have been really great uh, and I mean they all write excellently I've never had a problem with any of them writing so I think it's a combination of it's kind of all the things I like in a pen. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's one gripe I have is that some people find the 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 section a bit slippery, and I get it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, 
maybe give me a little texture there or something yeah. but otherwise i love this pen, these pens that's why i probably got like six of them <laughs> it's such a good writer and obviously super good looking and it just, i don't know it just feels right like everything about the dimension of it is is right when you're writing with it and that blue one that you were carrying around at the triangle mm. pen show i guess that's probably the newest or one of the newest um Oof, it is hot. Like I'm very tempted to to get that one for myself. Yep. Yeah. Do you if you had to design your own colorway for the arrow, what would you pick? I I, I am not the guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, we'll uh, get Audrey yeah, so on I, that too. Yeah, that's right. Get get her to to figure out a colorway because I uh, <laughs> if I get a good colorway, it would be accidental. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So let's uh, we got a few few rapid fire here. So Alexander wants to know, is there a possibility for a Friday live stream crossover event with Brad and Mike on Twitch? So you stream a lot on not just Fridays, but other times too, but you're, you always kind of keep a Friday schedule and you do Twitch, YouTube. So tell me about just your streaming in general, and then we got to figure out, can we do something together? Uh, the answer is, yeah. I mean, if you want to, <laughs> we can definitely do a thing like that on Twitch or YouTube, or I guess both yeah. technologies out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I stream on Fridays. I just do sort of a like a live hangout for an hour or so on Friday afternoons about four o'clock Eastern time. And um, it's just it's just sort of a time when I don't usually bring a like a slate of things I want to get done. It's not a podcast. It's like a it's more of a just a hangout. So I've had people uh, you know write me emails and say, you know, I, I never miss that because uh, it's it's sort of I can't get to a pen show and this is the closest I can get to hanging out with pen people. Yeah. And so it's just a time for me to hang out with pin people and uh, you're a pin person and we're pals. I would hang out with you. Yeah, I would totally do that. And it's just fun to see where the conversation goes, right? It's generally like totally random and then you just end up going down this thread then another thread picks up off of there and it's just a fun conversation and it's like we miss hanging out with our pen friends sometimes during the week and that's a good way to facilitate that and we'll totally have to figure out a time where we can do that together. I think that would be a blast. Yep. Next question we left in because both Mike <laughs> and I struggled with it. We we debated this. I'm not going to lie, Kat, before the show, should we leave this in because we didn't have a good answer? And I'm not sure that we still have a good answer. But what is the dumbest pin release in recent memory, Mike? Do you have such a thing? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't have a good answer for that question. Right. I, I wish I did have one. I can throw some appropriate shade. But I just don't. <laughs> So I'm going to, I've come up with one and it's not, I don't, I won't say it's the dumbest pen release, but it's been one of the most technically poor pen releases that have ever crossed my desk in recent times. And I just <laughs> came up with this since we've been talking, but there was a pen called the Vinvestus. Do you remember that? It was a fountain pen <laughs> and no. it had these, it was angled on both ends, say like a 90, uh, no, probably like a 45 degree angle on both ends. And it was kind of modular. Like it came in various sections, although the sections didn't really serve a purpose. Oh yeah, no, this is gross. And it was, it was like, okay, like that's an idea and that's fine. But like the execution and quality of it was really, really poor. I'd hate to call it dumb and I don't want to like slag them off like too bad because maybe they've changed it since I first tried it. But 
I've never been as immediately turned off by a pen as that in a long time. <laughs> I actually had one to review and I sent it back. I was like, there's just no point in me reviewing this. Like it's, have you ever had, have you ever, ever like gotten a product and you don't have to name names, but have you ever gotten a product that you're like, okay, no, we're not, we're not spending our time on this. Uh, I don't think so. There've been a few things that are offered to me and I'm like, I just, I'm not going to be able to review this very well. Yeah. Uh, just because maybe I don't know anything about it or whatever. Yep. Uh, I will say, I just looked at the, looked up the Vinvestus website mm-hmm. and there's one called the Shmash, mm. which I, is kind of cool. Looking. Okay, so, so I haven't kept up with them uh, recently. So yeah, me either. But this looks this looks pretty cool. So like, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, it seems yeah it could be cool. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's dumb. See, there's there's <laughs> no such thing as as dumb as really dumb pens. You know, like there's pens out there for everybody, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. These um, last two, we'll get out, get you out of here on this. And these are fun ones for this first one from Kautik. Thing you most regret eating at a pin show. Uh, let's see. That would be, <laughs> there would be two things. <laughs> uh, the, the one that I mostly, I most regret is um, I had this at the Long Island pin show like two or three years ago. Uh, I had the worst calzone, I think, in existence. Whoa. It was, it was just, it was it was gross. It was wet and it was mealy and there was just nothing. There was no redeeming quality and it really put me off of like <laughs> that whole thing for a while. Uh, and the other one is, of course, the uh, the gummy snake at Chicago a few Ooh. years ago. Uh, that was gross, but not as bad as the calzone. I would rather eat a gummy That's snake. That's crazy because it's pretty difficult to screw up a calzone, right? I don't. I Apparently mean, it can be done. They they nailed it. Wow. <laughs> I don't have an answer for this. Like, I'm shockingly can't really come up with uh, the thing I regret eating at a pen show. I'll have, I'll have to put some more thought on that. Maybe I'll, I'll tweet that out later if I come up with that. But our final question is related, and I do have an answer for this one. This one's from Rewill. Thing you most regret drinking at a pen show. Do you have something for that? Uh, I mean, I... No. Yeah. I, have, I don't think I've had anything truly terrible. There was... No. Oh, wait. Yes. Um, uh, what is it's whatever that stuff was that Anna had in Chicago. It's some like Chicago centric. Um, I guess it's booze. I don't know. It tasted like like Pine Sol or something. And it was really terrible. And I can't remember what it was called. And it just came to me. Yes. Yeah, that was terrible. So it's funny. I thought you were going to say the same thing I was going to say because it is Pine Sol related, but I'll never forget the gin that Father Kyle gave me, I don't know, about three years ago at the Atlanta Pin Show. It was so gross. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was like the worst Pine Sol. It was like, he was uh, like, I love Father Kyle. And I told him this, like, he was like so proud of this, like small batch, like local gin. And I tried it and I thought I was going to die. So it was, it was awful. <laughs> so <laughs> I love you, Father Kyle. He's given me lots of Japanese whiskey since then uh, that are more up my alley. But that one, that was a little rough. Mm-hmm. And on that note, Mike, I hope this was not a rough episode for you. I felt like it was pretty fun. Uh, did you have a good time today? Uh, it was great. And I'll come back anytime you invite me. Awesome. Thanks so much. So before we go, remind everyone where they can find you on the internet. And we'll have all this in the show notes. So, uh, but go ahead and tell everyone where, where you can be found out all your shenanigans. All right. You can find all my shenanigans and links to other shenanigans at inkdependence.com. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Michael Madison. Uh, I know branding is hard. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram as at inkdependence. And Twitter is at Madison. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Mike yells at me because all my stuff's everywhere. So you can find pretty much anywhere you need to find me at penanic.com. All the links are there. You can find me on Twitter at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, on Instagram at Penaddict, uh, same on Twitch. So with that, we'll get you out of here and get all our listeners out of here. Until next time, say goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, Mike. <laughs>